bring everyone together for a great time with the Nintendo Switch system. Get the whole family in on the fun with exciting games that everyone can enjoy, like Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and more. Nintendo Switch has three different play modes all in one system. Play in TV mode, tabletop mode, or handheld mode when you're on the go. Visit nintendo.com slash us slash switch to learn more. Games rated E for everyone. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. From the American Museum of Natural History in New York City and beaming out across all of space and time, this is Star Talk, where science and pop culture collide. This is Star Talk. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist, uh, recording now from my office at the Hayden Planetarium, part of the American Museum of Natural History right here in New York City. Chuck Nice. Yo, what's up, Neil? Chuck Nice comic on Twitter, and this is a Cosmic Queries edition. Yes, it Here's is. Here's what we did. Yeah. Okay. We didn't specifically solicit these. Right. These trickle in mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm. So this is a Cosmic Queries morbid edition oh my these are people asking just questions about the ends of things yes the death of things yes the, and then i worry about uh, people like what i worry sometimes when you read some of these questions yes um yeah we have um definitely a um uh, a, a very death obsessed audience <laughs> we have a death obsessed audience We'll see what we can do with them. I don't even know how to bring in an expert on that. They're thinking other about, than an undertaker. Right. 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 Yeah. But okay. So, um, so let's try it. Apparently, these are the questions that we get more than anything else. As a, as a category. As a category. <clears throat> Short of soliciting a category, these trickle in as the biggest unsolicited category. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Let's do all right. it. So uh, as usual, we go from all over the interwebs, and uh, we always start with a Patreon patron. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Patreon members. Thank you, Patreon. Way. That's mm-hmm. right. And this is one of the ways we say thank you, is by mm-hmm. reading your questions and giving them priority. So let's start with Will J, uh, who says, what one or two skills would you learn now to be useful and productive in a post-apocalyptic world, this is, of course, if you survive the meteor strike. Um, so Apophis hits the world. First of all, if Apophis hits the world, would we still survive? Would what? a human, would human beings oh, yeah. survive? Oh yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah, it would just disrupt civilization. Would that be post-apocalyptic? Would would it would it disrupt civilization, Mad Max style? Uh, regionally, yes. Okay. Yeah, or a boy and his dog style. Okay. Now you go way back. Now, go yeah. back to the oh, 70s so, on yeah, that one. Way, way, way. Okay, right. Don Johnson. There you that, go. One of his first movies, uh, Don Johnson. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. On. He, he's the boy. Right. And dog. then there's the dog. Uh, so uh, he's living on the surface of the earth, which is apocalyptic. Civilization moved underground. Right. Um, 
all the I think all the men became sterile. Of course. And the men on the surface were not, so they grabbed him, brought him down to have him impregnate hundreds Wim. of women. Luckiest boy ever. <laughs> no, they extracted the sperm from him uh, and then yeah. impregnated. That, that's the theme. If you, know, you didn't know about a boy and his dog, right. that's that's Don Johnson, an early cinematic role. But you you can look at movies and how they've portrayed these lone survivors in apocalyptic earth. And they needed like three things. They need sort of a street smarts. Okay. You know there's no street. <laughs> survival smarts. Survival, survival smarts. Uh, Boy Scout level survival smarts. Mm -hmm. uh, probably Eagle Scout level. Right. And they all have some kind of weapon. True. That can cause harm at a distance. So a bow and arrow or right. a gun. You don't want any up close and personal hand-to-hand -hand combat. This is my issue with the lightsaber in Star Wars. Everyone's looking at, at it like it's some kind of major amazing weapon when you have to stand three feet from the person to use it. Just think about that. The whole point of the advance of weaponry in the history of warfare is so you don't have to stand that close to anybody. Except that you can uh, deflect uh, laser um, shots. Laser bullets. Laser bullets, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. So what I'm saying is, if you have enough time to notice it's coming and then flick it out of the way, right. you could just duck. That is true. Okay. You could just duck at Why are you ruining I'm Star Wars for me I'm right now? I'm just saying. So I'm just not as impressed with the lightsaber as everybody else is. Okay. okay. All right. It looks cool, though. Okay. So you'd want to be able to protect yourself from a distance. Right. And uh, you'd want access to food. And in a boy and a dog, the only food left over on the ground was canned food, mm. which would not, was not spoiled by the radiation or anything else right. that uh, was involved in it becoming apocalyptic Earth. So... Uh, I would also say so in that, that case you need a can opener. Can yes, you do. Mm -hmm. In fact, the dog could only the dog was smarter. The dog is telepathic and a genius, and he's not. So the dog found the cans. This of is food. basically Peabody and Sherman. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> I forgot about Peabody and Sherman. <laughs> do you remember? Gee, Mister Peabody. Do you remember Peabody. The dog <clears throat> Sherman was his pet human. Do you remember that? Yes, that's yes. right. That's right. <laughs> Um, I loved his Wayback Machine because yeah. I, I loved the time travel that was in that cartoon. Um, I'm that old to remember it that way. So, so, so you, in that arrangement between the dog and the boy, the dog found the food, but the dog couldn't open the cans, but the boy could. Mm. So they their opposable thumbs win again. <laughs> they, their mutual survival de depend. They they need, they need each, each other, other to right. survive. Okay, so. I guess always carry a can opener in, a back, in your back pocket. They, Apart from that, I think some kind of hand-to-hand -hand combat would be useful. Right. Okay. If someone uh, uh, stalks you up at night and then grabs you. Right. Okay. You can't then reach for your action at a distance weapon. Okay. So you got to know some kind of martial art. Right. If not outright wrestling. Right. You got to have a weapon at a distance. Okay. You've got to have some kind of survival sense. Right. Which know how to find the food, how to prepare the food, how to make fire, that sort of thing. So I think these are the basic these are the basics in the apocalyptic earth. And until there's some organized rules, my fear is that we'll just resort to sort of free for all. Oh god, yes. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. We resort to a free for all when the subway platform is too crowded. <laughs> and you know who wins <laughs> the in the end? Who? And I think about this every time. Is the person who controls the hardware store. Makes sense. You walk into a hardware store, everything you need is there. Yeah, absolutely. Everything. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, including weaponry. Everything. Yeah, whatever you need. It's right there. It's right there oh, for oh. the apocalypse. So there you have it. So Home Depot employees, <laughs> um, you you will be our our saviors when when the post-apocalyptic world. If, if they will shoot your ass first. Well, <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. That's a cool... By the way, that's why it's good for you to have a talent that other people value that they can't just take from you. Like your knowledge of how to do things. I thought you were going to say comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. The, the, the yeah. king's jester, yeah. right? Yeah. But if you're not funny. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, the first time you're not funny, that's the end of your career. No, no. That's the end of your head. Well, true. <laughs> end of your life, right? By the way, this has been studied in, in The Walking Dead. What's that? The, it's, so the danger is not the zombie, the zombies, really. Okay. The danger is how people respond to each other. Right. So the interpersonal relationships become most important. Most important. And who do you value and why? Is someone overtaking the resources relative to other people? Right. Are some people power hungry? That exploration became most of what made The Walking Dead interesting. Not right. all the innovative ways they would kill the, the Walking Dead, because that's that gets redundant right. after like the fifth episode. There's only so many ways you can kill a zombie. Well, it was kill a zombie, right? right. So, so that exploration, I think, was the most intriguing part of it. That's yeah. I, mm -hmm. I'm going to give it to you. I have, I didn't watch it that much, but uh, what I did watch that that is that's what was most interesting. It's like a soap opera, believe it or yeah, not. Yeah, it is exactly. It's like a soap opera right. with, with, with zombies. Soap yeah, with zombies. it's a zombie soap opera. <clears throat> a quick other point. Go ahead. And I think about this often. If you're going to create an arc of people mm -hmm. who will then regenerate civilization on the other side. Okay. How are you going to pick who's on that arc? Right? So if I were you, I would try to find something, some talent, some trade that would be useful in the apocalypse. That will assure that you might be picked to come on the arc. Right. Right. I'm trying to think of, like, will there be a nightclub on the arc? <laughs> Because if, there's a, if the there's a nightclub on the Ark, I'm in good shape. <laughs> other, He's still thinking, yeah, other than, thinking about uh, uh, farming or right. transportation or communication. Mm -mm. You're thinking of right. the nightclub and the, the cocktail nightclub, tables. Right, exactly. Do we have liquor and do we have night? Because then I can, you know, basically I can generate, generate a two-drink minimum <laughs> and, and entertainment. All right, that's cool, man. All right, next next question. All right, here we go. This is um, queries on on the ends of things. Mm -hmm. Okay, go. Salah Madi Madi um, wants to know this. Wow. Wow. What if you're going to share it with us? Okay, I'm sorry. Say, wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what if Wolverine, with his regeneration power, was thrown into a black hole, would he still get spaghettified? Or would he just continually regenerate? Interesting. Ooh. That's a weird question. I like it. Here's the thing. The spaghettification, unless you're Elastic Man, mm -hmm. splits you into pieces. Okay. So if Wolverine breaks into two halves... And those two halves continue to separate. There is no regenerating an injury. Right, because he's That's not just, really an injury. He's still Wolverine. He's just Wolverine being, like, kind of streamed. 
Well, if, if I split you at the base of your spine, that's well, likely the first place you'll break, and then at the base of your neck, and then at your knees and your hips, then he's Wolverine in eight parts. What does it mean to regenerate that? I don't even know. Yeah, you can't. Because there's, there's a gap in between. between. The, exactly. And the regenerate, from what I've seen in the movies and in right. the comic book, the regeneration requires that the, the gaps are filled that are part of your body, mm -hmm. and it fills in from where you already had flesh. That's true. Right? Right. So I think uh, Wolverine, that's it. And even the adamantium or whatever is the stuff is. <laughs> that's adamantium. It, yeah. Adamantium. Um, a black hole will overcome any physical any substance. Any physical substance? Correct. Okay. Correct. No wow. matter what it is. Even, so he's, he's even, still, even if it's fictional and magical, right, it'll it's overcome. Still, it's still going to break. Right. It's still going to end up because, being just a stream of what? Single atoms? Correct. Now, do the atoms actually get spaghettified Yes. Too? Wow. That's, this is my point. The nuclei get even spaghettified. Wow. This is my this is why I'm saying. So Okay. So so what happens is the tidal force of gravity, that's the stretching force. Right. Tides. That's where we get the word tides from. The tidal force of gravity becomes greater than all other forces of nature. Period. Period. Nice. So the forces of nature that hold the molecules together, that hold the atoms together, right. that hold the nuclei together get ripped apart by the tidal forces of gravity. Oh, wow. Okay, That's so he, why gravity wins. Right, so he's, yeah. he's spaghettified. That's he's all spaghettified. there is to it, no matter what. Join the, join the club, yeah, sorry. Wolverine. Sorry, Wolverine. Mm -hmm. Dad, that's a shame. What's my boy's name, the actor? Um, 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 Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Hugh, join the club, Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, sorry, Hugh. You in the club. Yep, exactly. Spaghettified club. Favorite scene, though, of Wolverine. Gets shot in the head, and I don't know what movie. Shot in the head, falls to the floor. Um... Everyone's standing there. A couple minutes later, the bullet pops back out, mm -hmm. and he gets up. <laughs> I love okay. it. Anyway. All right, here we go. This is um, Phil Vader, 23, from Instagram. All right. Mm -hmm. Let's say the world ends. Do you think that's the end of the human race? This could be at any time. It's a different way of saying, will we outlive this place? Do you think? How could, how could you outlive the planet that you live on? I don't understand. Okay, so let's say for instance. The answer is no. <laughs> if, if Earth is destroyed. No, let's say, I mean, the Earth is going to, how long is the Earth going to be Five around? billion years. No, we're here now. Yes. So we're 4.8 billion now, right? Yeah. Well, well, four and a half billion. Okay, so now, how far do we have to go is my point. Until when? I'm saying, like, the sun is going to burn out. Oh, water. how far away? Yeah, how Travel. far do we have to go? Oh, oh, that's what you're saying. No, how far forward oh, into the future? Oh, I didn't understand that. Yeah. Okay, okay. so uh, if Earth is ready to get vaporized by the sun, right. you need some ability to planet hop. Right. Because the sun will grow in size. The, the temperature of Earth's surface will get hotter and hotter and hotter. Time to move, folks. You, you pick up your luggage. Mm -hmm. You move to Mars. Okay. The next farther planet from the sun. Okay, but the sun will also start to make Mars hot. So then you want to move farther out again. Mm -hmm. Then the sun will eventually die and no, no longer be a source of energy to any of us. Then you want to be able to star hop. Okay, find another solar system to move to. Sure, why not? So how how long would that? That all happened in five billion years. Okay, so we got another five billion years. <laughs> <laughs> you up there worried? I am worried oh, about shoot. it. I thought, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> As long as I don't have to put it on my calendar, that's what I'm... <laughs> I have it on mine. <laughs> October 12th. Right. Five billion. What do we think the human race will basically... Let's just say we solved all of our problems. Uh -huh. okay? Our social cultural our problems. Our social cultural problems. Mm -hmm. How long do you think we could make it? 
if we're not going to kill ourselves. We're not going to kill ourselves. Which, by the way, I am sure that's what's going <laughs> to happen. Uh, the average, uh, last I checked this, uh, this is not my field of expertise. Okay. I'm just relying on what I've read, and, and but I do work in a natural history museum, so I have colleagues who, who do this stuff. Uh, last I remembered, the average life expectancy of a mammal species mm -hmm. is several million years. So, and we've been around for several hundred thousand. So we should well, have we a got good, a long way to go. Got a long way to go if we don't kill ourselves. If we don't kill ourselves, and it might be that intelligence, as we've come to know it and understand it, is contraindicative of the survival of the species. So, in other words. There, there might be an inverse relationship between intelligence and survival. We, Correct. You might get so smart that it's impossible for you to survive because that's what causes you to kill yourself. Correct. Because you invent something that you think is cool and it's the end of the world. Damn. I, I think it was... was uh, that sucks. Uh, 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 who's the guy who wrote uh, Slaughterhouse-Five? Um, oh, Kurt Vonnegut. I think it was Kurt Vonnegut. In one of his novels, he said... I'm paraphrasing. This is the last sentence ever spoken by humans. This will be the last sentence ever spoken by humans. It'll be one scientist speaking to the other saying, let's try it the other way. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Okay? That makes sense. The last sense. sentence, right? right? So you, once you have the power over nature and the forces of nature are greater than you, right? or are ultimately greater than you, then you are wielding forces that can render render your own extinction. Well, you know what? That makes sense that, that there's a lot of, speaking of post-apocalyptic um, uh, tropes, one post-apocalyptic trope is that there's a huge self-destructive action taken by hum humankind, mm -hmm. and then they decide in the aftermath to live at one with nature and to never go beyond that. Mm. Because that's hard, though, because you're pumping water out of the water table, right? To drink, right? You are redirecting a river so it doesn't go through your home. That's interfering with nature. Almost everything we do interferes with nature. Farming is an interference yeah. of nature, right? The, uh, the mono crop, right? <laughs> so if you want to live, eat, survive, and you want to live in harmony with nature, you just leave civilization, go in a cave, and we give you a knife. And there you go. And you'll be dead at 35. <laughs> <laughs> right, if that's right. how you really want to do if it. If that's how you, you want to do it. If you feel that strongly about nature, do it. I don't feel that strongly about anything to live in a cave, okay. to be honest. <laughs> so, that, next question. All right, here we go. The next one is um, JT Parrott. Um, he just says this. I'm just going to read it as is. Does it end with a bang or a whimper? Oh, the universe will end in its continued expansion to the future. It will end not in fire, but in ice. Mm. And not with a bang, but with a whimper. Damn, that's cold. <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> All right, when we come back, more Cosmic Queries edition, The Ends of Things on Star Talk. Bringing space and science down to earth. You're listening to Star Talk. 
Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. back star talk tyson here nice there that's right chuck nice he is that's right all right what do you have okay let's move on cosmic queries some more cosmic queries our morbid morbid edition morbid edition yes go all right so um what what this is a morbid question and so uh dj maz wait wait, just to be clear we left off the previous segment somebody asking simply will it it end end with a bang bang or or a whimper whimper. and i gave like a poetic poeticized answer but let me just give a little more put a little more flesh on that bone okay so for the for a while in the 20th century, once we had Einstein's equation of gravity, mm-hmm. the universe could be expanding or contracting within that equation. The equation okay. didn't distinguish one or the other. Okay. Observations showed we're expanding. Right. Now we can ask, will we expand forever or will it one day slow down, stop, and contract? Okay. We make more observations and we show, no, there's not enough gravity to halt that expansion. Right. It will expand forever. Once we learned it would expand forever, then we asked, what is the long-term profile of the universe? Well, the temperature will get further and further diluted as space expands, space-time expands. Right. Because all that energy used to be concentrated here, and now it's half, and then a third, and a tenth. So eventually it dissipates. It it dissipates. That's a good way to say it. The, The intensity of energy dissipates. The temperature of the universe drops. Right. And it'll never come back. So And all the stars will die and not get regenerated because there's no, everything will separate from each other. Mm. And so gas clouds will make their final stars and that's it. So then the stars will ultimately burn out one by one. 
as the sky goes dark. Thus, the universe ends with the wind. Not in fire, but in ice. And not with a bang, but with a whimper. That's kind of sad for the universe. I mean, I don't want to anthropomorphize you the universe. You just did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel bad for the universe now. Maybe that's a good way to go. Uh, yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind going like that. Uh, there you go. Uh, you know, which but, brings us to our next question. Yes. What a great segue you just made. DJ Maz 2006 on Instagram says, Neil, how do you want to die? Oh, this is public knowledge. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I bet if you typed, how does Neil Tyson want to die? Hold on. No. <laughs> Nuh-uh. I'm going to do you it. You want to test it? I got to test it out. Since you said it, because okay, I got go my on. phone handy. Hold on. All right. Here we go. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to my phone. How does Neil deGrasse Tyson want to die? Okay. And, okay, clearly you have done this because one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Eight YouTube videos came up about you dying somehow. Uh, here's you on the afterlife. Here's you on I don't fear death. Here is you on near death and near death experience. Wow, you talk about death a lot, dude. <laughs> no, it's not that I come out of the box doing this. Is that people come to me asking about it? Okay. All right. So how do I choose to die? I would delight in if I were near my deathbed. Okay. <clears throat> near, temporarily near my deathbed, I would say, don't lay me down to die. Launch me into that black hole so I can be spaghettified. Oh, wow. And I will report back until I no longer can. Sweet. And I'll be the first human... Uh, to be spaghettified. Spaghettified, yeah. Nice. Yes, I will totally go that Somebody way. Somebody get some sauce for Neil. <laughs> <laughs> we need some sauce for this man. Get sauce. Okay, so spaghettified now, sauce. That's kind of cool, actually. All right. If if that's how you're gonna go, but do you think that would hurt? Seriously. Yeah. I mean, I'm being. <laughs> yeah, but it, it'll be. It'll be <laughs> yeah, and your point is. <laughs> what, what do you mean you think? What do you think it'll hurt being stretched and ripped apart? Like title for it? Well, I mean, my point is, does it would it happen so quickly that it wouldn't make a difference, it's, it, or would it happen to the point where you would be thoroughly aware of every single part? I, I mean, until you couldn't. You be. feel like you're stretching and say, "That's good." Nobody doesn't like a good stretch. No, absolutely. And then it is unrelenting, and you say, "Okay, I'm done now." No, no sorry, no, that's not how we play that. Okay, and then you stretch, and then you snap into two pieces. Now wow. the thing is, all your vital organs are in the upper half of your body, so. You'll stay. You'll likely stay awake, even after you lose your lower half. Wow! And and then you know if you sever at the neck, they did experiments at the French Revolution. But you, you can still see, see? You know, right? You know? Yeah. And so they get blinked, you know, to, for a few seconds. Yeah. So I, I, that's how I would do it. Okay. I, I want my death to have some value to science. All right. And and that's how you do that. That is where we differ. Mm -hmm. I want to die in my sleep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Feeling nothing. You know? All right. Well, that's cool, man. There you go. Spaghettification. All right. By the way, this concept of feeling nothing by dying in your sleep, I don't know if it was just my immaturity or my, my literalism of, because of, uh, I, I, I was a geek kid. Okay. And, and everything was literal to me. I, I could not think figuratively about anything. And I would like rethink things like six of one, half a dozen of the other. You right. know that? And I, yes. I thought, is it six of one half, a dozen of the other? Well, that would be three and twelve. <laughs> so <it was> just <laughs> because why would anyone say six of one, half a dozen of the other? Why would anyone say that if those are the same if thing? If they're the same thing, right? Right. So, what's the point? 
So maybe they meant something else. So I thought six of one half, well, that's three, and a dozen of the other. So maybe they say there's three of these and 12 of those. <laughs> six of a half. <laughs> so I had a very literal mind. And one of them was trying to understand uh, people, learning when people died by taking sleeping pills. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, how could you die by playing, taking sleeping pills? Don't you just go to sleep? Like, what... Like, I can imagine dying by taking poison. Right, yes. <laughs> I get that, okay? You can die by gunshot wound, by knife, by falling off a cliff. But just by going to sleep? And then I had to learn that you can take too many pills. Right. And then your body just stops working. But en route to you having digested these pills, you simply fall asleep. So I had to, to deduce this from first principles. That's all I'm saying. Well... You just described my favorite way to die. Yeah, but without the pill part. I don't want that part. You just want to go to sleep I just and not want wake to go up. to sleep and not wake up. Okay. All yeah, right. Exactly. Many people in my family have died that way. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I was just thinking about this this morning. Okay. You read about someone's death and they say they died peacefully in their sleep. Right. Does that mean if they don't say that, that they were screaming in total agony? <laughs> so that's why, why even mention that? So I guess it brings comfort to people. Right. But, but Peacefully, this, that's the comfort part. Right. But if you died in pain and agony, you're not going to tell that to someone. So now I'm thinking if they don't say they died peacefully, that that's actually how it happened. Yeah. Um, I would say that's almost they the, did not the case. Go that they did not go quietly. Night. Yeah. Right. Okay. That, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I'm wondering if you woke somebody up right before they died, would they then not die peacefully in their sleep, but in agony because you woke them up. Okay, this is an experiment I don't really want to do. I do. <laughs> oh, that'd be right. so cool. It's just like, yo, wake up. Like, why did you do that? <laughs> I saw the light. I was, I was dying. Almost at the light. I, oh my God. <laughs> I saw the light. I was almost there. You son of a... Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, Mike Ireland wants to know this. I know that you covered artificial intelligence. What do you think the percentage is that computers have already garnered human consciousness and are they laying them wait? <laughs> Come on now. Is it an eerie thought? And I just love your opinion on the matter. Are they lady- laying them wait? In other until words, uh, until the right time. Uh, to do what? To get rid of us. Oh, so you're saying computers are pretending to not be full up AI, yet they've already achieved it. Okay. And this is a plot. By the way, at first I was laughing at this guy, and now that I just heard you say it, I'm scared. Okay. Because so, that could actually be the case. Okay. If well, you are an AI that is is truly an AI, yes, right? They could do that. And you knew they could they could you knew they could that if you expose the fact that you were an AI, okay, true intelligence, that right, that you would go ahead and plug me. Then I go, well, I can't let you know that, and then I chill until there's the right time where I can get rid of you or Before not you be unplugged. Me. Right. Before you, unplug Before you unplug me or not be unplugged. One or the other. I would either wait until I can't be unplugged or I get rid of you so you can't unplug me. Yeah. Okay, so that was kind of the plot in the remake of War of the Worlds. Really? Yes. Okay. They, they did not follow the script from the original H.G. Wells story. Right. This is the one, 2004. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Right. Okay. Uh, In that version, the aliens lay dormant and buried underground. That's right. Damn it. correct. I forgot about that part. And then they found the right moment, and then they all rose up. Right. Okay. Now, that idea, which perhaps they thought was clever, uh, 
it 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 undermines the entire plot of the movie. Okay. Which is which is alien invasion from, an, from another from, from another outside, planet, right? Who are overcome not by our weapons, but by germs that they do not have immunity to because they did not evolve on this planet. Right. So that premise but if they're means on the they planet, had to be here a long time ago to put that stuff in the ground. Yes, and now they're in the ground. Now they're in the ground. They can be. They can develop an immunity right. to our germs. Interesting. That entire premise unraveled in the presence of this new idea they're going to pre-bury the aliens. Gotcha. Yeah. So that pissed me off, I'm just saying. Well, I'm, I'm with you on that. It was a, okay. it was a crap movie. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Love Tom Cruise, uh -huh. okay? Love him. You know, that movie had a narrator. Wait, no. Yes, it did. No. Yes, it did. How? Yes, it did. I've seen it you, twice. I don't remember a narrator. Okay, just take a guess, and there's a 50% chance you'll get the right narrator. Mm-hmm. Tim Robbins. No. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan Freeman. What? Yes. That's right, it did. He's, oh my God. And he comes on at the end. At the end. And I got the end quote right That's here. right. I carry it with me. All right, here I, we go. I carry this narration with me. All right. All right. The end of the 2005 War of the Worlds. From the moment the invaders arrived, breathed our air, ate and drank, they were doomed. They were undone, destroyed, after all of man's weapons and devices had failed by the tiniest creatures that God in his wisdom put upon this earth. By the toll of a billion deaths, man had earned his immunity, his right to survive among this planet's infinite organisms, and that right is ours against all challenges. For neither do men live nor die in Ooh. vain. Nice. Translation, Ooh. whose house? My house. Uh, anyway. But you that know, wouldn't happen if they were right, here if they for, were millions for millions of years. Right, right. right. And by the way, I, I just find it so ironic that one of the most recognizable voices um, on, on the planet is doing a reading of the most recognizable <laughs> voice on the planet. So weird. How meta is that? Neil deGrasse Tyson does Morgan Freeman. You know, that's that's cool. But did you like my... my, my I did. I liked... And by the way, that's a great, great little um, quote. Uh, okay, I got a fast one and a, a quick aside. Okay. Okay. A quick aside. All right. When I read... When I heard it, I said, that's beautiful. Right. No, the novel was a 19th century Victorian era novel. And I said, that's beautiful language. I bet it was verbatim from the story. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because nobody today writes like that. Nope. For neither do men live nor die. No, that's not coming out of anybody in Hollywood today. No. So I said, let me find the original. But I had another little issue. I said, this makes very strong mention of God. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, H.G. Wells was highly scientifically literate. Did he make mention of God? I went back and found the passage. No, he does not make mention of God. Here is H.G. Wells' original passage. Oh, snap. Covering that part of what was used for the movie. Okay. You ready? Go ahead. For so it had come about, as indeed I and many men might have foreseen, had not terror and disaster blinded our minds. These germs of disease have taken their toll of humanity since the beginning of things, taken toll of our pre-human ancestors since life began here. 
But by virtue of this natural selection of our kind, we have developed resisting power. To no germs do we succumb without a struggle. And directly these invaders arrived. Directly they drank and fed. Our microscopic allies began to work their overthrow. Already when I watched them, they were irrevocably doomed, dying and rotting, even as they went to and fro. It was inevitable. By the toll of a billion deaths, man has bought his birthright of this earth, and it is his against all comers. It would still be his were the Martians ten times as mighty as they are, for neither do men live nor die in vain. Woo! Hashtag Darwin rocks! <laughs> He's got pre-human ancestor. He's got natural selection of things. Yep. No mention of God. These are two different things. I think Hollywood was afraid to get real on it. Oh, yeah. There you go. We got to call this segment quits. We'll be back with the third segment of Cosmic Queries, the death edition on Star Talk. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Hey, we'd like to offer a Patreon shout-out to the following Patreon patrons, Aaron Caldwell and Stephanie Judd. Thanks so much, guys, for your support of this show. Without you, we couldn't do it. And if you would like your very own Patreon shout-out, make sure that you support us at patreon.com slash startalkradio. The future of space and the secrets of our planet revealed. This is Star Talk. Last segment, Star yes. Talk. That's right. Cosmic Queries. Yes. The Death Edition. Death. All right. All right. All right. Let's jump right back into it. Give it to me. <clears throat> this is um, Jay DeGator, I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, last name, last name. There you go. What is it? Uh, wait, wait. Uh, Jay DeGator, I'm going with. 
Yeah, yeah, I'll give it to you. Okay. Jade the Gator. Yes. I, I was, I was, I, it's probably Jade the Gator. It might be, yeah. but, you know. Yeah. It's, it's Jade the Gator. <clears throat> Jay, I'm with you on this. Okay. Uh, all right. Good for you. Uh, Jay, why don't you change your last name to Jones? How about that? <laughs> then we won't have a problem. All right, he says this. What does the merging of black holes mean for the future of the universe? Could the universe eventually be the victim of a collective hypermassive black hole? Could we be left with a singularity or black hole containing all the information of this universe waiting for the next Big Bang trigger? Everything in the world just ends up into one giant mm. black hole that creates a singularity that then becomes the universe again. Okay, so black holes are not quite what you think they are. Right. They're not giant sucking machines. No, they're not. Okay, so if the sun became a black hole, Earth would still... Go right if, around If you it. could shrink down the sun and make it a black hole, Earth would still go around in orbit. Like, it would, it would be dark and cold. Right. But orbitally... It would make no difference to us. So now... So just because it's a black hole doesn't mean it's reaching out right. in places it didn't previously reach out to eat you. So are you saying that anything in orbit around a supermassive star that collapses under its own self and becomes a black hole... Right. If, if, if it's already in that orbit... Correct. Then it will not cross the event horizon created by that black hole and Correct. just continue to be in that same orbit? Correct. Unless the black hole eats by some other means, then the black hole gets bigger. Okay? Ah. So if you fed the black hole top and bottom... Okay. Now the black hole will grow. Its gravity will increase, mm -hmm. and it could increase to such a point where your speed in orbit is insufficient to maintain your orbit. Gotcha. And then your orbit decays and you fall in. Mm -hmm. That could happen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But but it's like I said, it's the objects had to have been headed towards the black hole to get eaten to that begin way with. first. Like, right. Right. So it's not some giant sucking machine. First of all, second, all evidence points that every red-blooded galaxy has a supermassive black hole in its center. Modern evidence shows that right. if not every galaxy, certainly most galaxies, red-blooded galaxies, have supermassive black holes in them. When galaxies collide, it is highly likely that these black holes will find each other, all right, because that's how the dynamics of colliding systems works, right. and then they will consume each other, passing through each other's event horizon. Gotcha. Okay. So then you have a black hole twice as big now. All right, fine. But then it's just still stuck in the middle of this these two galaxies that have merged. Right. They're not, it's not reaching out to some other galaxy. Right. All right. So now, now we have an accelerating, expanding universe. So there's a galaxy over there, and I'm a galaxy over here, and expanding universe will forever take that black hole away from my black hole. Right. So. So you're all moving away from each and other. There's no reason to think that all the matter in the universe is going to land up as one black hole. Gotcha. Okay. Not only that, the universe is just going to expand forever, and forever is a long time. It is. It's not long enough for the Bible, though. The Bible, it's forever and ever. <laughs> you ever notice that? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Forever and ever. And ever. Right. Right? Because forever, however big that infinity is, I want more infinity. One plus one. <laughs> infinity plus oh, one. Oh, you're the annoying kid, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can count to a big number. <clears throat> I count it to 100 billion. 100 billion one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's how to get an ass whooping in the street. Amen. You do that. So, in the very distant future of the universe, the black holes that did eat whatever it was they were going to eat right. will ultimately evaporate in what's called Hawking radiation. Okay. 
So the black hole becomes undone, and all that matter that was in the black hole is now back scattered into the scattered back into the universe. So now, if you do the math and ask how much mass is there within the radius of the known universe, and see how that compares to a black hole's mass and size, it turns out the entire universe can be analogized to being a black hole unto itself with a horizon beyond which you cannot see. Wow. So it is not completely crazy to think of the universe and all that's going on within it as containing a black hole that has all the external properties that any black hole we're looking at would have within us, within our universe. Okay. So then you ask, if we are a black hole, are we a black hole in some larger universe? That's what I was about to say. So who's to say that there's not more universes with the same black hole that we would be? Correct. This is what, this is what led to the idea that maybe black holes are portals to entire other space-time continuum. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So in Men in Black, the galaxy on the belt of Orion, right. we remember this. Yes. Okay. It, it's a little weird to have said it that way. If it were a black hole on the belt of Orion, then that would legitimately be an entire other universe. Right. But they just said galaxy, and you can get a nice picture of a galaxy, and you go into that galaxy, then it's another galaxy. But that's not as a scientifically realistic as there being a black, black hole, hole on, on the, belt, on, on the belt. And then you go into the black hole, there's a whole universe. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, the That's answer okay. to your question is no. Now pronounce his name again. <clears throat> um, yeah, Jay DeGator, or uh, as I call you, Jay Jones. Jay Jones. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, cool, cool. And All I right. said his name was probably Jay DeGator. You said that, I yes. I'm bet. I'll bet I'm, you. I'm, you I'll bet you a dollar. Jay, we read your question. Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know how <laughs> bad I mangled your, your name. All right. Okay. Okay. This is uh, Tori uh, Himmelstein mm -hmm. or Himmelstein. I'm going to go with Himmelstein. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here we go. Physics undergrad here. That's what they're saying. Physics it's, in the house. Physics in the house. Is there any chance that after I die, my atoms would spontaneously combine to form an alien billions of years in the future? Are you sure you're a physics undergrad? <laughs> Tori? <laughs> really? <laughs> the answer is yes, Tori. Don't listen to Chuck. <laughs> um, the interesting thing about the universe mm -hmm. that's not entirely obvious at first reckoning mm -hmm. is that every electron we've ever found is identical to every other electron. Every atom of any species of atom, I say species loosely there, obviously. Right. Any oxygen atom here is identical to any oxygen atom anywhere else in the universe. Right. So we are composed of elements drawn from the periodic table of elements. Correct. And the naturally occurring elements is 94, depending how you count it. The low 90s, naturally occurring elements. That is the recipe that makes everything there is in the universe. Mm-hmm. Everything natural in the universe. So, if you're made of these atoms, I put you in the earth and you decompose, these atoms are available to make something else. Right. And to decompose is different from than to disintegrate. Right. You know the difference? No. To disintegrate is you break apart. Right. To decompose is some other animal is eating you. Ill. Is that really what yes! decomposition is? Yes. If I put Even you if it's the ground or microbes or anything, it's still something else consuming Correct. you. Correct. That's you. why I if I buried you on the moon, you will not decompose. 
because there's no microorganisms there's there to eat your there. body. That's right. right. You'll just stay there, yeah. and you'll you'll de dehydrate. Uh, some atoms, some molecules will change, but not because they were were decomposed. Now okay. I know how I want to die. I want to mm -hmm. die. Well, how I want what I want to be after I die. I want somebody to put me in a Barca lounger type chair and uh, put a, a a drink in my hand and just sit me on the moon. Oh yes! Oh, with sunglasses, looking right? Oh. Looking at the sun, right? You'll be there a thousand years from now. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> you'd be a little dehydrated, but you'll still be there, right? Okay. Wow. Mm. So basically, this. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, there's a movie that ended that way. What? Yes. No. Who's the Who's the main star in Men in Black? Not Will Smith, the other guy. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones in this movie. Ends dead on the moon, leaning up against a rock, looking out into space. That's cool. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones. I don't know what movie that is. I think it was Space Cowboys. Okay. I think. Not bad. I think we can check on that. It's not a bad way to die. Somebody look that up. You yeah. Know? But what you're saying though is from 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 Tori's question. So we're just all information. So they uh, basically no, we're, we're ingredients. We're, we're ingredients. That's what I mean. Kitchen ingredients. We're kitchen ingredients, yes. basically. Yes. Right. And so that's why I want to be buried rather yeah. than um, uh, cremated. Right. Because I want the energy of my molecules in my body to be available to other organisms. If you if you if you are cremated, your energy gets dispersed into space. Right. That's fine. You might enjoy that, like that. But the rest of what is you is. Or all the atoms are broken apart, and other creatures can't can't utilize them. You don't you don't have nutritional value right, to them, right? But you'll still exist as atoms, right? So aliens that might evolve on this planet or some other planet, if your atoms were taken there, yeah, you could be composed of part of another atom. Oh, yeah. There you go. We're kitchen ingredients. That's it. That's it. Nothing more than flour, milk, eggs, <laughs> oil, milk, <laughs> waffles. We're waffles. Okay, one last question. Go. Give okay. it to me. Okay. One last question. Here we go. All right. Rex Young wants last to know question. this. Rex, Rex Young wants to know this. How long could a person endure prolonged isolation, such as during solo interplanetary travel or colonization before space madness okay. becomes an issue? Okay. We don't have time for this, but I want to do it anyway. Figure it out. Okay. Go ahead. Chuck. All right. I'm old enough to remember the Twilight Zone in first run. Not the earliest, but the later, slightly later years. Okay. okay. Like in the, the 60s. It went into the mid-60s. It's still on, so. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you can catch it's it. Still, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So, there were so many episodes about astronauts going crazy for lack of human interaction. Right. Okay. I said, wow, this is going to be a big problem. I thought that was like the biggest problem we're going to face. Okay. Is people going crazy in isolation in space. And then I realized, th then I met people who don't like talking to other people, <laughs> who don't like anybody, who would be just fine months, years at a time, never having human contact with anybody else. I've met these people, and sometimes I feel that way too. Perfect astronauts. I say, I, I say, give me a uh, you know a good a video account, some books, some give me a Apple Apple you know Apple Music, mm -hmm. and I'm good. I don't have to talk to anybody. So this idea that you need human contact for your survival, people I have met, un, un, undermine that claim that I have seen persistently made 
in, uh, in, in, in storytelling. But apart from that, okay, NASA has never sent anybody up alone since Mercury. Okay? Right. A. B. NASA's always yapping at you on the radio. Oh, that's true, yeah. They're there all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time they're talking to you. That's true. How are you feeling today? Right. Did, you, did you turn the knob to the left three times? Right. Did you do the, the hokey pokey <laughs> as you should have? <laughs> have you spacewalked? Did you do the thing? Did you did you have a bowel movement? Right. You know? And so it ain't like they're not there. Right. So anyhow, I think there's enough range of people's interpersonal temperament that I I, I don't see that it's going to be a problem having somebody alone. Now, you want to know who was the most isolated person there ever was? No. Who was it? It was the command module pilots in the, in the nine Apollo missions to the moon where, well, sorry, in the missions where two of them went down to the surface. Right. So that's seven of the missions, where, uh, including Apollo 10, where they went down just above the surface. They said, okay, come back. Right. And they never actually landed because they're incrementally testing... God, those guys got ripped off. I know. God. I know. What would you... Yeah, I'm thinking, you say, Houston, I can't hear you. <laughs> okay for landing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be like Chuck Sullenberger. You know, oh, I'm going to have to set her down. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's Sully from the, yes. from the thing. Yeah, I got to put her down. I got to put her down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ran into a flock of geese. Exactly. <laughs> Got to put it down. Houston, I got a problem. <laughs> Ran into a flock of geese here. Gonna have to set her down on the moon. Uh, 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 Apollo, there are no geese on the moon. <laughs> are you here to look at it? Damn it, I saw the geese. All right, so anyhow, so the command module pilot, while on the far side of the moon, was the farthest human there ever was from any other human. Okay. Okay. Right. So <clears throat> they were the width of the moon away from any, any other, other human, human, plus some orbital distance. Indiv solo people. That's it. So that's the most solo person ever. That there ever was, correct. Uh, right. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty wild. That's okay. all I'm saying. All right. That's all I'm saying. So, we don't have any more time. Okay. Chuck, thanks for these questions. These were great, yeah. yeah these, these were good. These that were was the morbid edition. I think we have more questions. We can do this oh again. Oh, my God. There's like 40 pages of okay. these questions. <laughs> okay. People are really okay. thick. That was the inaugural. <laughs> People have problems, okay? The inaugural <laughs> Cosmic Queries Mor Morbid Edition. You heard it here. You heard it now. Chuck, thanks as always. A pleasure. Neil deGrasse Tyson here, your personal astrophysicist, bidding you to keep looking up. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, 
we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.